Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams. The heart behind Kindled is to help moms use their gifts for God's glory and their good. We'll chat with real women who are learning how to do this very thing as they navigate motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. This heart-to-heart is always had over a cup of coffee and usually paired with a business pep talk. We hope you'll find practical advice and the encouragement you need to work well and live more. Hey guys, it is me, Haley, and I'm here for part two of how I sold my business. And in this episode, we're going to dive into a little more of the details behind how this whole process actually went down. I've been asked a lot of times recently, so how exactly did you sell this business and where did you sell it and how did the person find you and how did that process work and how did you decide what it was worth or what you were going to charge and all these things. And um, I am, as you guys know, pretty much an open book when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I've been pretty open about it to this point. So I figured I might as well just lay it all out and explain the details for those of you who are interested. If you're not into business details and financial information, then you will find this boring. So, um, but for those of you who are like really curious about what that looks like behind the scenes, this will be like crack for you. So it'll be fun. Um, but as a disclaimer up front, I do want to say that I'm not an accountant or a financial expert. So nothing I say here should be used as, you know, gospel truth for how to sell your business or value it or accounting advice or anything like that. Have to say that. Um, so getting right into it, how did I actually sell this business? Well, I honestly, I've never done this before. So I was starting out, um, totally clueless too. So I just started researching how to sell a business, how to value a business. And a lot of the information I was finding online was, um, you know, I guess I, at first I wondered, do I need to actually work with a broker? Because basically it's sort of like when you sell a house, you can either sell it for sale by owner or you can work with, um, a real estate company, a listing company or listing agent, I should say, and, um, you know, have that work with them to sell your house because the idea is that they will help you get a higher price and they know all the things to do. They take care of the back end, the paperwork, all of that. Well, I looked at that, but my accountant advised me that because the, what I was probably going to be asking for my business, the, the, the actual dollar amount because it was low enough, he said working with a broker would likely not be worth it because they started their fees around $20,000. So I ruled that out pretty quickly that, okay, I'm, that's not going to make sense. So I will just try and figure this out by myself. So after Googling around a little bit, I found a website called um, Biz by Sell, and it's basically a site sort of like 
Craigslist for business, you can go on and list your business for sale and you have to, you know, put as much information as possible on there. So what kind of business it is, what industry, any assets, any liabilities, your fixed costs, your um, variable costs and your net income. And so just like all of the data that somebody would be curious to know, you know, is this going to be a good investment for me? And then they can reach out to you. So I paid $250 for a listing on there that was going to last three months. Now, one thing I will say that really surprised me when I listed this business on this website for sale, I didn't know where the buyer could potentially be coming from. I assumed it was basically going out to a national audience and could be someone from anywhere looking to buy a business. I did not think at all that it was going to be local. But both of the people who reached out to me were local and lived literally within 15 minutes of my house. So that was crazy to me and just kind of blew my mind that someone in my own city is going to buy this. Like, what? That's crazy. And I I don't know why that was so surprising to me, but I just didn't, I didn't expect it. And so the fact that I was able to meet with both interested buyers for coffee or lunch, you know, near my house was just crazy and also really, really helpful because it, um, you know, obviously being face to face with someone, you really get a feel for what they're like and what they'd be like to work with. And so I was able to really be able to see that, um, you know, one buyer was just going to be a better fit for me. And as far as someone that I would want to work with and, with their own skills and their resources and what they had at their disposal to, to use, to grow this business. It, it appeared pretty pretty quickly for, to me that I, uh, I saw one as, um, preferable over the other. So that local aspect really helped. So I listed it and, you know, obviously had to know my numbers for the previous year to find out what would be a, a reasonable you know, asking price for the business. And another thing that really helped me throughout this process is my dad is an entrepreneur and a business owner, and he has been for 30 years. And so he was really helpful in this process to just ask questions and, you know, confirm what I was seeing on the internet or what I had found in my own research. So what I found was, um, typically the general consensus was that you value your business at a multiplier of your net income. So you take your gross revenue minus your expenses, and that gives you your net income. That times a multiplier of either two, three, or four was kind of the range. Two to four uh, X, your net would be what you should ask for your business. Now that's just really generic. I mean, that's just like the most basic I can make it. So between two and four X on your net revenue, and you actually want to make that net revenue number an average of the last three years. And so I took my net revenues from 2015, 16 and 17 and, you know, added them up and then divided by three. And then I applied a multiplier to that to discover what I would want to ask for the business. And while I can't go into the actual reasons why I chose how to multiply which number times my net revenue and then come up with that final asking price, I will say that you want to base it on the health of the business, the um, direction that sales are going. So is the business growing or is it um, has it been declining? Are numbers on the in- increase or are they declining? 
And so that is a big factor when deciding how to price your business is the history and the trends and your, you know, where you're at in the year as far as where you should be compared to previous years. So kind of the forecast of sales and growth. And then you also have to consider if there's any inventory or assets that will be passing on to the buyer. And so those were included in my asking price as well, separate from my valuation of the business. But total, there was, um, you know, my asking price was comprised of the valuation of the business plus the inventory. So I figure out a valuation for my company. I create a listing on this website and I think the worst that can happen is I waste 250 bucks to list this and it doesn't sell and nothing happens and you know, I'm out 250 and that's it. So I ended up getting two different interested buyers and met with both of them and ultimately it just came down to the fact that I preferred um, one to the other and realized, you know, I'm going to be working with this person and they're going to be taking over this business. And so I was able to, you know, kind of have the luxury of being able to choose who I wanted to work with. And so that was a, a huge blessing as well. So from there, um, what a business sale looks like is you then move into, um, signing a non-disclosure agreement, which means that neither party will disclose financial information regarding the sale of the business. And then you sign a letter of understanding, which indicates my intent to sell and her intent to buy and all of the details um, that you have discussed up to that point and any verbal negotiations or agreements that you've made are just put onto paper. And then that basically that letter of understanding allowed us to move forward in the whole process and then enter into a phase called due diligence. And so in that phase of the sale, um, the buyer then looks at the tax returns and all the financials for the business to do their due diligence and make sure that everything looks good and that it's, you know, it's what you've said it's going to be and what you've said it is and that they want to move forward. It's kind of like when you're buying a house, you know, and the whole, the bank is looking at your entire life on paper and you're just like, what are they going to think of us? Do they think we're qualified? Are they going to offer us a loan? Are they going to, what is this going to be? You know, you're just waiting to find out. So after the period of due diligence, uh, which could take as long as it takes, um, it could take, you know, one week, two weeks, a month. It just depends on how quickly both parties move in responding to any questions or addressing any concerns or issues. Then, you know, you're ready to uh, negotiate the actual contract and sign it. So that's basically what it looks like to sell a business. And that's kind of the trajectory that my sale took and um, everything went really smoothly and really, I couldn't have asked for a better experience in selling this business. So I'm sure there's a a lot of people who have much different stories to tell and um, that they don't all go that way, but it was a great experience. A few things that really helped make this whole experience a lot more smooth were the fact that I had a separate business bank account, of course. Um, And that is a point that I would stress. If you have a business, you need to have a separate checking account and savings account most likely for your business so that all of your income for that business is separate from your personal and as well as your expenses. Um, And of course, you know, when we're starting out, a lot of us just are lumping it all in together, especially if you remain a sole proprietorship and your net, your income at tax time is all being looked at as one big pot. 
doesn't matter. You still need to have a separate business checking and savings account because it helps you to keep track of how your business is actually doing and really understand the health of your business versus thinking that you're doing okay, but really it's all mixed in with your personal. So that is, um, definitely a must have. And it, um, was extremely important in the sale of this business because, uh, the income and the expenses were clearly, you know, able to be seen separate from any of my own family's personal money. And then the other thing was having an accountant. If you do not have an accountant in your business and you're early on, if you've made any money at all, you need to get an accountant. I promise you they are just worth their weight in gold and everything they do for you is so huge. Um, And two of the documents that were very important in this sale were um, documentation that your accountant will provide for you, which is the profit and loss statement for your business, as well as the balance sheet. So a profit and loss can be produced as frequently as weekly or monthly or yearly. And then the balance sheet shows all of your assets and liabilities. And that's about as much as I know about the balance sheet, but essentially your accountant will help you and, um, and give you all of that information. If you are just running your business on, you know, a day-to-day basis and want to make sure that you're on track and that you know how your business is actually doing, or if you're looking to sell it, um, I just can't stress enough that you need to have an accountant on your team. I, had no idea that, um, I would be able to just navigate this process at the beginning of it. I, you know, like anything, you don't know what you don't know, but as it kind of unfolded, I think it got less scary. And I realized that, you know, like anything else in my life, I had never done it before until I did it. And then I was doing it. And so I don't, you know, I don't think that it's something that is unreachable for anyone or, that, um, just because you've never been through this. And if you're thinking about selling a business and you are like, well, I've never done it. I need, I probably couldn't figure it out. That's not true. You could figure it out and you just have to do some research and be willing to work really hard. And, you know, a friend texted me this, this week, but a big check doesn't come for free. So that payoff of selling the business, you know, I worked hard for that, not only in the sale, but obviously in the seven years previous, to build the business to a point of being ready to sell, um, which it wasn't like I was building it towards that, but it ended up being the case that I was ready to sell it. So yeah, I wanted to share the details of what that whole process looked like because I think it's just so mysterious and people don't, until they've been through it, just like me, I had no idea what it would entail and what it really would feel like. And so I just feel like there's nothing bad that comes from removing some of that shroud of um, mystery from a process like that and just explaining to people how it really works and also making it more, um, I guess, relatable to you. If you are thinking that you have a business that you would want to sell, then you have to think about, um, you know, can you produce all of this stuff? Can you give someone three years of financials? And if not, then start running your business today so that you can someday because you never know where life will take you. And, um, one other thing I did want to mention is that, uh, one of the things people have asked is, you know, how could I know if my business was ready to sell or how could I know if I, if I can sell my business and can I sell my business, especially in the service industry? So obviously this is a products business, but when you're talking about services, it's a little different, right? Because 
you've got, you know, typically as the owner or the entrepreneur, you are the one performing the service. And that's why you got into the business. And so I'm not an expert on this by any means, but just from what I have learned so far, I would say if your business is a solopreneurship, if you are a solopreneur and you are working by yourself and you have not built up um, a team around you or any sort of system or process that can be replicated without you, then it's going to be really hard to sell that business because you are integral to it, right? If there's no way that taking you out of it, the business could continue to run, um, then nobody's going to be motivated to invest in that financially unless they are you and they can do exactly what you've been doing. But in that case, if they are, then you, you have to ask why, you know, why would they buy your business? Why wouldn't they just go do their own? Right. So I know what, one of the big things that made my business attractive was the wholesale accounts and the fact that I have customers that order, um, on a regular basis from me. And so that those relationships are really where most of the value is. Yes, in the products, yes, in the process, but also in the relationships. So even though brides only order from you one time and you have, those are just one-time customers. They're not really repeat customers. Hopefully (laughs) you've got the stores when you have those wholesale accounts, those are relationships that are very valuable and very profitable over the course of the relationship and the lifetime of the relationship. So um, I know that those were of, you know, primary interest to the buyer and that those will continue to be one of the best ways that the business can. Now, if you're in a service business that does not have the ability to increase the lifetime order value of your clients, meaning to add value to every client that you get by increasing how much they buy from you over the course of your relationship with them, then it might be harder to justify someone buying your business because basically they'd just be buying, um, you know, potentially a brand or, um, your name and any processes or software systems that you've got in place, but you just have to think about, can this be replicated without me? And can someone step in and be successful without me involved? And, um, and my business was not always that way. Like for sure, for the first half of it, it, I didn't think of anybody trying to come in and do anything but me. But as I, you know, kids were a blessing in this, in this capacity, especially because they forced me to have to think about how I could not do as much. So I had to start removing myself from it. And in doing that, I, you know, brought on a team of people and essentially hired and outsourced the production of almost everything. I was making a few things near the end, but most things um, I was not making by hand. And so I was doing the marketing and the sales and the, you know, um, basically sending out invoices and collecting payments and all of the admin stuff. But, you know, a lot of people can be trained to do that. The, the harder piece to replicate would be the making of all the items, which, you know, I used to do that. But as I built up a team around me of people who did that for me, it became much easier for me to see how that business could continue to grow and thrive without me at the center. So, you know, I think it's important as entrepreneurs, like when you get to a certain stage, you realize that you can't just work in your business. You have to work on your business or else you will never grow. So when I got to that point, it was probably after about three to four years. That's when I really started 
having those real, real questions of how do I work on this business and less in it. So there you go. You just got a crash course in selling a business, kind of a different episode, but you know, it's not every day when you sell a business. So I wanted to let you guys in on the behind the scenes of that whole process. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next week on Kindled. Bye.